Hey, it's Kevin here again. So I just want to share with you a little kind of question. So someone who recently signed up for this group um, sent me a good message and we, we had been back and forth on LinkedIn. Uh, I was checking in with her the other day and seeing how her business is going. She's sort of positioned as more of a general, um, like a kind of a fractional CMO, which is kind of like what I did for a little while. And uh, that approach can, can work. And sometimes actually I don't position myself as a fractional CMO anymore, chief marketing officer. I, I do sometimes describe during the sales process that hiring me is like hiring a part-time, you know, chief marketing officer because not only does it establish you as an executive level uh, advisor, but also it kind of helps very quickly get in people's head. Okay, they're going to be focused on strategy, oversight, but probably not even project management and probably not even task, you know, in the weeds, in the details, all the tasks and that sort of thing. So that sometimes sometimes helps me to describe to people who've never hired an advisor or consultant like me before to kind of give them a sense of like where I fit into their organization. So she's kind of currently positioned there. I was checking in to see how that was going and she says she's kind of having a little bit of trouble getting traction, getting more clients with that positioning. And my advice to her was to kind of find a more narrow focus and that's when, you know, for example in my particular case, I started focusing on the co-working industry and and then things started getting a lot more. You know, I've had I don't know, three leads this week or something and someone just reached out to me on Facebook and so, you know, it's just a case in point that when you have a, a vertical positioning as well as a good horizontal positioning the combination can be really powerful Anyway, so I'll go back to her question here, but you know, I think, uh, yeah, I'll go back to her question. There's a few parts to it that I think is going to be sort of interesting to some of you who are going through similar processes yourselves. So she says, I've been thinking about uh, a lot about niching, niching. I say niching, I'm Canadian. And my current barter, and I have a current barter with this SEO company. I'm wondering if I should have them switch out a few keywords or more of a niche focus so I can move, keep moving forward with their work. Uh, I honestly am not 100% thrilled with the quality, yada, yada, yada. Uh, seems they have a hard time writing content for the B2B C-suite language, which is, I guess, her target. Uh, my next approach is going to, to be to write out a communication guide for them, hoping it'll help. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I've definitely got some thoughts on that, but I'll keep reading the question and go back. As far as, as, far as the niche, I'm honestly terrified. I don't want to pick the wrong one and mess up to the world. You know, she's already successful and established and, and, and an expert, you know, so it's, you don't want to pick the wrong one and then flounder in front of all your potential clients or your past clients or what have you, uh, or current clients. She also says, I'm also very scared that I'll get bored and that I'll know I need to pick the right niche that needs sales, marketing, and brand alignment, which is the thing that she sort of offers. That's the crux of it. And that is big enough industry that, that needs someone like me longer term. Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, um, she kind of followed up. I asked her a few questions because, you know, she's kind of it was one of the industries she was interested in was home care. And I wanted to make sure I could address that as a potential option um, to which she said, um, you know, she's really more focused on how to find and research what is a good niche. And she's considering IT companies, e-learning companies or home care companies, which is different than healthcare, the broader category. So uh, lots of lots of good stuff to tackle in here. So I'll kind of go back to the top. Number one is, you know, in my particular case, getting into a niche or niche or vertical like co-working was a very hard decision for me I worked with a business coach and uh, it was really hard for me to sort of transition because I was very much focused on hey here's what I do and I can pretty much do it for anybody you know the, the logistics of marketing is very very similar industry over industry <clears throat> and even with a b2b focus that still wasn't quite enough to cut through the noise but eventually so what I did was and what I recommend you do is consider, you know, splintering off your current offering. So keeping your current brand the way it is, broad as it is, uh, I prefer to do that sort of under my own name. And then I also have some creative freedom to uh, blog under my own name or, you know, kind of have my own uh, just personality shine through on the website. And... 
So, um, if you can keep your existing stuff the way it is, sometimes that's the best way to test the waters into new markets. So what I did and what you could do is pick one and we'll talk about how to pick one and find and research one, pick one and build an entirely different site around it and begin blogging on it and find out what your find out what content you have in your head, you know, that you think would, is very specific, find out what your point of view is. And the only way you can really do that is to start writing on it. Even if it's all the same stuff and content you've always talked about, now you're applying it to a very specific use case, the same way. I'm applying this stuff to you as a independent marketing consultant and advisor. Um, it's, it's very specific as opposed to if I just talked to someone about how to find a niche or a niche, you know, and that's really difficult to do broadly. No one really cares. So in your particular case, I recommend splintering it off. Like my first website for Everspaces, I wish I could show you, was like just the most plain looking white website with just text on it. And then later I kind of added some design layers to it and and then beefed it up. But that was, I, I registered that domain in January of 2017. And now, you know, here we are. What is that? three years later. And I've since spoken on podcasts at conferences, um, you know, built a very successful business around it in all kinds of different models and stuff that we'll get into. So it's worked out really, really well as opposed to my general positioning, which is largely the relationships. So on Kevin.me, I still have a consulting page and that's really just to capture a, it's for my existing clients that are outside of coworking and they have a place to see what my service ladder is. And B, if an opportunity comes my way, for example, I designed a website for a client back in 2015 or, or 2016, and they've come back to me now and they're looking to transition into online education, um, being an offline education business. So it kind of captures opportunities that are outside of your, of your needs positioning and having that dual specialization and generalist approach really gives you leeway to kind of take on all kinds of opportunities and say, Oh, cool. You're in my network. You're coming to me. I have a place. It's, it's relevant to you. It's general, but it's relevant to you. They already know, like, and trust you, or maybe they come well referred. So it, it doesn't need to be as specific, but I spend most of the rest of my time on LinkedIn and other places. And, you know, my positioning on LinkedIn and everything else is really just focused on the coworking industry. So my marketing efforts are largely in that industry. And then my general stuff is kind of just there. Right. And I, I blog on it and now I'm kind of focused on helping folks like, like me and you, um, to, uh, to create leverage and, and sell their expertise and not their hands anyway. So. Um, my whole point here is that I think the best way to do this is to dip your toe in the water. Going back to the questions of on SEO, there's a couple of points you made. Number one is you're wondering whether, you know, first of all, you're not thrilled. Okay. You're wondering whether you should switch them out, which would try a few keywords. So rather than being focused on more branding, you know, uh, fractional CMO style keywords, you're wondering if you should maybe get more, you know, or like maybe more niche focus. So again, yeah, here's the thing. I honestly, I only started investing in SEO right around the time of this pandemic hit and I did it for a couple of months and then I stopped. Um, and that's not necessarily the best advice for you, but, but honestly, people found me through, uh, very specific content and through being out there and getting my name out there and, and writing a lot. So I didn't even think about SEO. I kind of did like the most basic stuff like meta titles and keywords around consultant for co-working spaces. And I just sort of ignored it and I focused on content. So, um, you know, what I would do is I would sort of maybe potentially either put them on, on pause for a bit or, or start a second website, focus it on that industry, whatever industry you get to, and we'll talk about that and have them sort of maybe give you a base set of optimization. So it's just some keyword research so you know what topics and related keywords there are. Um, 
and some, you know, meta titles, descriptions, and, you know, just some really high level stuff so that your website is in good shape. Make sure that it checks a number of the boxes that'll help it be optimized. And I know I've got some SEO folks in this group who are probably telling me there's more things you could be doing, but basically getting a, a good starting place with your site, but not worrying too much about, first of all, not stuffing it with keywords, but not just worrying too much about how optimized it is. Later, you can do that. Um, but instead focused on just getting content out there that is highly specific to a niche or a special audience. Okay. So that's kind of first one part one. Um, the second part is you said you, it seems they have a hard time writing content for the B2B C-suite language. Nobody will write that better than you. And uh, as a consultant, I think that's not something you want to even outsource to an SEO company. There's very little content that I actually want to outsource to an SEO company, um, you know, just because it kind of sometimes lacks the brand flavor and the brand um, characteristics that you want to shine through. And you, you're really selling your expertise and your worldview. And I think, you know, you'll still have to develop what that is going to be once you find your, your niche or niche focus. So I wouldn't even have them write a lick of content. I would, I would have them set up a base layer of optimization and then I put them on pause. It sounds like you've got a kind of a contra deal going on with them. That's fine. Uh, and then pick them up again, you know, once you have a little bit more momentum in some kind of capacity. Um, so, but I wouldn't have them write, write your content whatsoever. You writing a communication guide isn't going to really help either. So you really want content that feels authentic. Like me, when I write content for, for the co-working industry, I pick one topic, one blog post. Uh, it's usually about like 500 words or less, and it's not designed to rank for anything. Some of it does, but I try not, I'm not focused on having it rank. I'm focused on having it be a good newsletter. And, you know, I've built up something like 600 plus subscribers on that, in that vertical, uh, which isn't crazy huge, but that's a lot of, uh, it doesn't take many for me to fill my pipeline. So, um, that's worked well for me. So think about it in terms of how do you build an email list and how do you create content? And I used to write every single day for a little while. And that was really great for me to like really iron out. It forced me to iron out what my thoughts were, what, where I could add value and all kinds of things. So I recommend writing as much as you can on a separate website tailored specifically for a very specific market segment. We'll figure out which one that's going to be. Um, and, and then think about building your email list and everything gets driven to the email list. So that's kind of the first, the first part. Um, as far as picking a niche and knowing which one to do, I think, I, I, you know, you've used words that, that are, I'm honestly terrified. I'm scared. Um, I don't want to pick the wrong one and mess up to the world. That type of language was, ex is exactly how all of us feel when we're going to specialize. It's like this weird thing, but it, it, it definitely paralyzes a lot of us and we're really like first of all like you know you don't want to you, you don't want to necessarily become the e-learning marketing guru right like that maybe doesn't relate to your identity and nor did co-working consultant relate to mine necessarily I had credibility and experience in the industry which led me to it and I built on it but it was scary I'm like I don't want to you know my life's work to just be known as the co-working guy uh, and I don't think it, you, you need to I think you know after doing that for long enough now I'm able to branch out and do things like this and I think people are smart enough to know that you're a multifaceted individual um, anyway but you do want to pick something that you're interested in and that has some kind of a long-term upside you know I always said that I always wanted to do marketing and learn marketing because it seemed like that was in web design because that was the key to just having a business if you could do web design and market your business like you could basically do anything with it. And one day I always thought I was going to turn it around and apply it to me in my own business. So I had this kind of long view of like, learn these skills, do it. I love it. Um, and then at some point I'll use these skills in my own business and really monetize whatever I'm doing and make a bunch of money or whatever. So um, you want to have ideally some kind of a long-term view with whatever niche or niche you pick. 
Ideally, it shouldn't just be one of opportunity. It should feel like even if this fails, this will bring me closer to my broader interests, my broader goals, you know, make me, you know, better uh, at marketing something that I might end up doing. And I know at one point you talked about this potential of, you know, <clears throat> of uh, getting into the home care industry in the future which is a subcategory of healthcare. And so, you know, f- for me, that's why my first logical conclusion was, well, why don't you try getting into the, the home care industry as a marketing professional? You said you had a client in there and you do good work for them. See if that works. See if that takes you anywhere. Take a quick sip of water here. <clears throat> Um, and then, you know, if you failed, well, then you've learned a whole bunch of it. And by failed, I mean, let's say it didn't take off. You've learned a whole bunch that way. So uh, I would naturally want to start there. You've also mentioned IT companies, e-learning companies, or home care. So I'm going to focus on on those three. Uh, to me, the first natural choice is the one that you have some credibility in, some interest in, and then maybe some long-term upside potential outside of just doing it, you know, as a work-for-hire situation. You should feel somewhat passionate about it. You should, you know, there should be some kind of you know, an inner draw to you. That means that's greater than just making money. Otherwise you won't sustain it. The work will make you tired. So, so I wouldn't pick, I mean, if like, if it were me and I was comparing these three, I'd say, well, which one draws you on an emotional level and can inspire you to keep doing this longer? Uh, IT companies, that to me is a bit too broad, but you could do it. The thing about IT companies are a lot of them do their own market. Like they, they do web design as a service. They tend to be more technical and and maybe they don't even, I mean, they, they also tend to be whatever the logical side of the brain is, right or left brain, and maybe they're not as focused on brand, which is an area that you're really good at. Um, so I, to me, I, I, you know, I don't know how much that really is the right choice for you, although I don't know the background, so I'm not going to comment on that. Um, the same with e-learning. <coughs> E-learning is way more specific. I've got a friend in there, and I mentioned that to you, and I'll, I'll make an introduction to you. Um, and then with home care, you've got some clients in there. So ideally, you pick one that you're credible in, you've got a background in and some experience in, you've got an emotional hook or interest in, you've got some experience working with them, and... Uh, and and you know and then you proceed slowly you you know you get a little side website going maybe it's a one page landing page to start and then i would talk to your clients so let's say you've got a home care client right now and that's an industry you're thinking about i would talk to them and first of all say like are they are they am, am i delivering the kind of work that i want to do for more people could they introduce me to other people in the industry um, could they introduce me like to the associations? Could they tell me what podcasts they listen to? And what I did when I got into the co-working industry was I created a spreadsheet, which was basically my research on the entire industry. I went into communities and uh, all kinds of places and just paid attention to what kind of marketing-related questions and problems they had. Wrote them all down. I figured out who were the key influencers, who were the key podcasters, who were the key associations, um, who were the key publications, and now I've since been featured. And who are the key suppliers? Other suppliers to that industry. So now, like I've been on webinars and and podcasts for you know software companies that serve that market. I've uh, spoken at a conference. I've attended multiple conferences. I've done workshops uh, through through the, the associations. I've done workshops through uh, local. Um, local like co-working associations as well, kind of cooperatives, uh, like groups of all the co-working spaces in different cities. So it's really been interesting. Like I basically created a lay of the land spreadsheet and research, and I also looked at who are the competitors, who are the consultants, and I, you know I just wanted to get a sense of who's out there. Um, and then, but because I already had some credibility, and because I already had a client or a couple clients at that point with some good case studies, 
um, who was able to make introductions to me to other people and provide glowing reviews. That really, really helped. So when I started creating a blog around it, <clears throat> I'd already talked to the association leaders and uh, talked to my clients and, and you know some others uh, to validate, hey, would you think this would be a good idea if I got into it? Um, and then I kind of launched it quietly on the side and I just created blog content over and over again and then eventually um, st- started sharing it or participating in different communities and growing it from there. So there's really no one way to find a niche or a niche. Um, I, I researched it through Airtable and then created this whole system and just, you know, really spidered the whole world of, of, of co-working and flexible office. Uh, and that helped me get a lay of the land and also the problems and pain. So I knew what to talk about in my content. Uh, and I spoke to as many people as I could, just built relationships and asked people for advice and asked them what they thought. And uh, that worked really well for me. The thing about it is, you know, you have to have some in- inherent drive for the industry. Otherwise, you will burn out and you- it won't be interesting to you. So if you're going for home care, hopefully there's some kind of a personal element to that or e-learning or IT companies, something that is a, a mission broader than just the thing. Uh, otherwise, if you're just doing it for money, it will burn you out. Um, so that's kind of my advice is, is start with your client and then see who they can introduce you to, see what they can recommend see what they, you know, see what the industry looks like, see what you might be able to sell to various folks. Um, to me, home care is a very personalized business. You know, people are, well, I mean, it could be right. It, it could have a lot of brand and it could have a lot of, you know, the, the marketing and piece and, you know, personalization elements that you are very good at the design pieces, you know, people need to feel good with, with the company they choose ideally to differentiate from maybe the massive commodity home care workers. Um, so I think that's your opportunity and differentiation. I think there's a whole bunch of things you can do in that space, uh, potentially with e-learning companies, although I don't know too much about them. Um, and, uh, you know, in IT companies, I, I, you know, you could do the same, but I just don't know your background in it. So all those things, you know, in, you know, pick one that kind of feels right and then try it and then just launch it on the side. You can add it as on LinkedIn as like a second business. Once you've got five or 10 or 15 posts on there, you can, you know, build your email list, start talking to people, see how many people you can get on that list. Uh, it grows way quicker when you're in a niche or a niche. It's very, very, it's weird. It's like things just start propelling forward once you become known for something. But the only way you do that, and by being credible, the only way to be really truly credible is, in addition to case studies, is writing a lot. And then you become known as the person who is the most prolific writer on marketing for that industry. And that's what really helped me. If I didn't write so much, if I didn't write every day for a while, I don't think I would have picked up as much momentum as I as I had. Uh, and that momentum is still carrying me forward, even though I'm a little slower to create content these days, if I'm really honest with you. So I hope that kind of helps you in terms of picking a niche. I know it's very difficult um, to pick one and it's scary, but you just do it on the side and no one knows how successful or not that, that business is. Um, you don't even need to like use LinkedIn to promote yourself in the beginning, but you know, I think people are smart enough to know that you're multifaceted and what have you. So um, that's probably the short answer to it. And then getting in front of the audiences. So if there's podcasts, if there's associations, like who has the audience of home care or IT or e-learning professionals, um, who has that audience? And how do you get in front of them through content? And I do a ton of webinars and, and that kind of thing. And suppliers are another great way if they're doing webinars and content, they're always looking for experts to bring on. Um, so do something that you would do for 100 years and that should help you. Don't focus on the SEO now. Do that later. Get yourself in a good place and just, just start blogging on the side. See if that's even if it even feels right. If it feels like pulling teeth to create content, it's probably not the right industry for you. Uh, you should move on. Uh, but the worst thing you could do is maintain uh, a generalized positioning as a fractional CMO forever. It's very difficult and uh, not many people are looking for it. So it's, a, it's just a very challenging 
challenging um, place. There are, I think, like marketer hire or uh, there are the kind of platforms that do hire um, fractional CMOs, but I don't know how good those leads are, those platforms would be. So don't recommend that necessarily. So I hope this helps. Uh, I'd love to hear more questions. Uh, if you've got any follow-up questions and, and for anyone else listening, um, leave me your questions. You can just message me through the app and, and um, I'll respond to them either one-to-one or if you give me permission, I'll, I'll anonymize it and, and uh, share it with the group. Stay tuned. There's a lot more coming. I'm going to be building out a community. We're at eight people in this group so far. Uh, so once we hit 10, we're going to start building out a community. And I'm looking at um, Slack or Circle. I've got Circle kind of set up. And it's a pretty cool little forum type software that has a phone app and it might be the place that we go. Uh, but we'll see. And I'll ask you more questions on that. And I'll explain to you the thought process behind all of that. Um, but yeah, if you've got questions, just shoot me a message or email me at uh, advice at hey.com and, um, and I'll answer it the best way I can. All right. Thanks for now and talk to you soon.